Dude, I didn't realize Curtis Hansen was dead. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Right, yeah, he died like what yeah. a few years ago. He's a pretty good filmmaker. So let's uh let's run his greatest hits. Curtis Hansen was a director, a producer, and a writer. He did Hand the Rocks the Cradle. He yeah. did LA Confidential, which is probably my favorite of, of his films. Um he did this adaptation of Wonder Boys. I didn't know that he was involved in Eight Mile with Yeah, I Slim I Shady. didn't know that. Oh, did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um I don't remember if I saw In Her Shoes. I don't think so. That was about the mom and the sisters, right? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't like is watched that, the whole thing. Is that the thing that put Tony Collette on the map? No, no, Tony Collette's been around long before that. Um, oh, but she's she's like the main sister, right? I think it's her and um, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, they're like fighting. They're like competitive or something. I, I one of them's like a it. businesswoman, and one of them's like a kind of a, like a ne'er-do-well, right? Is that what it is? Um, I think so. I think Cameron Diaz is like the, yeah, the nerdy will. And then Too Big to Fail was about like the 20, uh, or the 08 financial crisis, the collapse of the market. I I didn't know he did the Too Big to Fail documentary. Um, Yeah, or the the HBO show? Was it it like a miniseries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What the hell did he die of? Who knows? Um, well, he seems to, uh, well, he goes back quite a ways. Um, yeah, they don't wish Holy crap. <laughs> I think Hand the Rocks of Cradle is like what kind of catapulted him, but he goes all the way back to like the 70s. He did a movie called Losing It with, um, I think Tom Cruise, like one of those Gotta Lose Your Virginity movies of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, oh, he he did a really, uh, after the Hand of the Rocks of Cradle, um, in between that River and. Wild? I like the River Wild. Yeah, River Wild's good, man. People should see that. That's like uh, one of um, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon's good bad guy roles. Yeah, yeah, you should see that. Meryl Streep's in it, right? Yes. Yeah, so so Kevin Bacon is like a river tour guide that like fucking totally snaps and like terrorizes this family on like a regular whitewater river tour (laughs) for like an hour and a half or whatever. (laughs) It's almost like uh, Whitewater Summer, except uh, a little more... He's a little more evil rather yeah. than just... it doesn't uh, have any comedy and it doesn't include Sean Austin. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I forgot that movie, too. I love that movie. Like, uh, in that movie, like, Sean Austin, like, talks to the audience. And remember that, like, series of 80s, 90s stuff where the the storyteller would walls. just... Yeah, would just directly talk to the audience. I think well, it started with uh, Ferris Bueller. I oh, mean, maybe. there might, might, there might have been other ones, but that's the big one I think of. Which is funny because, like, even the movie that we're reviewing tonight, Wonder Boys, um, it's a, about a writer. So you hear the writer's words as he as the novel progresses through the movie. And right. I mean, that's a story trope that they've used in other things. Like, typically, when there's like adaptations of novels, there's usually like entire passages of the novel that the main character usually says in voiceover. Mm. And they, they talk about like, oh, it's lazy writing for you to tell somebody. Like, they're always, like, saying, like, in basic screenwriting 101, like, oh, show, not tell, show, not tell, show, not tell. Well, that's great. 
if you have like a giant budget and unlimited resources, you can show everything you want. But right. voiceover, exposition, and narration, if you use it in a clever way, might make up for a lack of resources or like uh especially on like micro budget like sci fi or horror movies, you have mm. the old guy show up and tell the story about like back at this camp twenty years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it works, you know you know what I mean? It's just the way it is, you know, you like you gotta yeah. do what you can. Um that that sort of thing, you know? Uh I, I like this movie a lot actually. Um I do too, it holds it's up. It's got a good cast. You know, I mean, you got Michael Douglas, Francis McDormand. Um, geez, what's the what's um, Toby McGuire? You mentioned Toby McGuire, um, yeah, yeah. K- Katie Holmes. Oh, yeah, Katie Holmes. It's got uh, um, um, Rob McEl- Robert Down. Oh, what? Yeah. Who? Go ahead. I was gonna say, well, Robert Downey Jr. like uh, still in the midst of his drug problems, but way before Iron Man. <laughs> oh yeah, it's funny. Like that's how we're gonna market now. That's how people are gonna market. It's like. RDJ pre Iron Man and RDJ post Iron Man, two different, almost two different human beings, right? Vastly right. different experiences and vastly and the, and the movies that they're able are, to get are, are completely different. But um, I heard he he uh, pulls bagpipes out of a dragon's ass in this uh, Doctor Doolittle. Doolittle, <laughs> yeah. It's getting it's getting bashed by critics. Bad. Oh, seventeen percent Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what he's fucking thinking. Uh, and then I'm like, well, maybe he actually doesn't have a very... He doesn't choose movies that well. He just has I, his Honestly, I think he just on, goes along with it, you know? I think on paper it probably worked well. I mean, not Robert Downey Jr., or Dr. Mm-hmm. Doolittle. But it, I think just in production or something, it must have went crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I see the why. I see why you would do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it sounds like it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, who else is what? Oh, I thought we were still talking about the cast. Oh uh, yeah, well the creator of um, All of a Sunny in Philadelphia is in the movie for like two seconds. I heard about extra. that. I, I I didn't spot him. I wish I would have paid attention. Oh, you know what? Rip Torn plays the rival writer. Oh yes, who's who's like on a book tour, and it's yes. like some speaking lecture. And also the the guy who plays the cuckold, the cuckolded husband, he's like the he's like the dean of all oh. all the writing faculty. Um, yeah. That guy's a good actor too. Uh, he's in a. He was in. Uh, man, he's a. Uh... Damn, it, he right goes that. all the way back to the Waltons, J- John hmm. Boy or whatever. He he, and he's also in the TV version of it, like the original one. Um, oh God, oh his name? yeah. Uh, now now I picture it. I, yeah, I but yeah. I can't. Think I, of his I name. can't think. Anyway, if you're watching this, folks, he's a good actor too. It's got a pretty and, stellar cast. And uh, just the one last one I'd want to mention is the girl who plays Ula is a great character actress, Jane Addams, who has a very small role in this movie, but like she's a she's a great character actress through the two thousands, you know, going forward. Yeah. Going back to Happiness, one of my favorite movies. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, fucked up movie, but it's yeah, one of my we're not gonna veer into a Todd Salons discussion. We don't, have, <laughs> we don't have fucking time for that. Like, there's a lot of stuff we have to prepare to t- to talk about his movies. Man. Oh yeah. Oh, I heard. Uh, I heard um, Nick Cage is going to do a, a third. And what does it have to do with anything? Well, Todd Talonch is kind of like out there, so it made me think of out there things. And I heard today that Nick Cage is going to do a third National Treasure movie. Oh no! All right. <laughs> you, you've I've, already bought the ticket, Dave. 
The, I've never seen either. I haven't seen either one of the Treasure movies or National Treasure movies. Oh man, you know what's gonna happen then, right? You're gonna make me watch them. Oh, make me watch both of them. <laughs> uh, actually, no. I, I I do know what we're gonna do for February, though. I guess I'm like pitching all our, our new shows, like as we're in the middle of discussing this movie, right? <laughs> like, we're gonna do which, bad is, which honestly isn't isn't saying anything about the movie because the movie's really good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, our theme for February is going to be bad romances. What we're doing now is like back in the day, which is, you know, 20 years ago today, a series of movies got released in the year 2000. Actually, if you look at the whole year, it's mostly filled with hits. So yeah. it's kind of funny that we're picking and choosing, but we also like tried to really test ourselves. We tried to challenge our, our binge water skills and say, okay, we can't pick our faves that we would always talk about or right. films that we've mentioned before. So High Fidelity is off the table, even though they're, they're making that a show. With, um, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, yeah, I, I, so. we'll see how it pans out. But like that, high fidelity is such a classic to me that I'm just like, ah oh, man, leave it alone. But hey, everything gets so, remade. Anyway, I think that pretty much catches the audience up. There's a movie called Wonder Boys. It has nothing to do with the Jack Black song called Wonder Boy. Um, we mentioned it's, a bunch of people that are in it. It's about a writer having a kind of like going through a, a, some kind of crisis, a personal crisis. He's yeah. got writer's block, but he's also going through a divorce and then he his mistress who's his boss's wife uh is pregnant and it's really just kind of like a in a weird way it's more like a slice of life movie like you just hang out with this writer for a weekend and he wants to help a younger writer who's like really confused about his one his sexuality two his place in the world and three whether or not he the young writer can actually become a professional writer right you know um which is Um, which is toby mcguire's character you know, you know, just thinking about this, I mean, this movie has, believe it, hear me out for a moment, not exactly in terms of tone and style, but, like, this movie has a, a lot in common with something like The Big Lebowski in that there's a lot of shit going on in this movie, actually. Like, you said it's a hangout movie, and I and I agree with that, but there's also a lot of, like, things going, there's a lot of plate spinning, and yet they still come together. I mean, you know, you got the murder of the dog. You've got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, him, him, you know, he actually has the opposite of writer's block, I would say, which is he can't stop to the point of he can't even edit himself. Oh, oh, the main character. Not, well, oh yeah, I guess I did say writer's block, huh? But, uh, um, I guess you're right. He has a different problem where he's like... He can't stop. But he's no longer writing. He's no longer writing. He's just like indexing or cataloging this world that he created in this book. Because he's got like more than 2,000 pages Yeah, on like 2,500 or something, yeah. yeah. Like, even the character Katie Holmes, who reads it at some point, which she says she read it in, like, a day and a half, which I don't I don't see how you could read a 2,500-page book in that amount of time. I'm not sure. But, um, but, uh, but, yeah, she says, like, he has things like dental records and, like, the history of their genealogy. And, like, he can't stop. Like, he goes into too much detail and shit. Uh, well, I guess this movie um, had a hard time when it came out. Um, just like the writer in the movie couldn't figure out what his book was about. The marketing department couldn't figure out how to market this movie. Like it had a limited run when it came out in theaters, it tanked, and then they either recut it or they came up with like a new advertising campaign. And like the movie trailer that I watched was like hamming it up, like really heavy. Like they were talking about each actor, what awards they won. They were like mm-hmm. quoting critics about the movie, and like that was the entire trailer. Like you couldn't even hear the scenes that were playing in the background because the guy talking was saying so many things. You you didn't even know what the movie was about. You're just hearing like somebody's opinion. Like, oh, New York 
raves about this, blah, 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 blah. Huh. I'm like, oh, they're really trying so very hard to sell this movie. It cost I, them I didn't 33 watch million. the trailer. Oh, no, they cost them $55 million to make it, and they only made $33 million. So they're, the movie today still has not made its money back. Right. Which is too bad, because like, um, I, I kind of get the dilemma the marketing department would have, because it is kind of a hard movie to categorize. I mean, it is a dramedy. But it's it's also a very dark comedy. I mean, there's shit like I said, dead dogs and all kinds of fucked up shit in this movie. And well, that's stuffing the thing. Like, you could have stuck with Michael Douglas's character and just talked about the writers' neuroses, right? Right. And played up like you said the darker elements, and then you know just juxtapose that with the jokes, and that would have been one story. But then you have like the coming of age of the writer, who's the younger writer, the student who's coming right. into his own. So you're like, is it his story? So is that what you sell up in the trailer? You know. It's, it's, is, it's a tough movie to categorize, yeah. but it's a great movie. What's funny is, um, so RDJ's in here and has an affair with Tobey Maguire's character, and then, not an affair, I mean, they hook up, but then they yeah. do that, they do a movie trailer, a fake movie trailer later in Tropic Thunder where they're hooking up. And I was like, oh shit. And oh, that's and, right. And they're, and they're monks in that movie, and then there's this running theme in this movie about Tobey Maguire's character writing about, like, Catholicism in all his short stories in writing class, and the writing class is like tired of hearing about it. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> what an odd like turn of like casting where they just like it's RDJ and Tobey Maguire, and they're they're having a romance in this movie, and then they do it again in the other movie." I was like, "Well, there's a connection here, you know? Like it's ridiculous, but it's it's funny." Um, yeah. Then let's see what else is going on. Katie Holmes wants to be a writer too, but she's more really about like. She's kind of the writer that wants to create experiences, like mm -hmm. it, which is that's the thing about writing. Like, um, you you observe and then you experience things and then you write about them. But she's like forcing the experiences in the movie, and she's almost like an afterthought. Like she's like another potential like hookup for you know the the for Michael Douglas, right? Um, yeah, she is kind of a um, I don't know what you call her, but she's just the. The uh, the connector, if you will, like she knows oh, yeah. stuff she's about. A, she's a plot device. She's like you know, she's like moving the plot. Yeah, yeah, because she she knows where he lives or Toby McGuire lives. Um, she has to give Michael Douglas some advice, and that's kind of it, you know. Yeah, the thing is, Toby McGuire's character, like you think he's like a disturbed kid with like you know family issues. At one point, you think he's homeless because he talks about sleeping on a bench and eating a cheese sandwich out of a vending machine. But right. then, like then his like aristocratic grandparents show up when Michael Douglas's character finally figures out who, who what his name is and where he's connected to or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, because he's a compulsive liar, basically. Or, like, he... Well, he even said he did it to, like, hang out with them more. Yeah, 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 because Tobey Maguire's character, James, is obsessed with Michael Douglas's character. Um, I don't know if you heard that beep. My phone's <laughs> been blowing up all day on Twitter. Like, we're 20... <laughs> Twending, twending, what's twending, my friend? No, we're trending on Twitter right now because I posted a pic of Batman 66. Uh, Adam West was visiting London for like a commercial shoot, but for some reason they let him use his bat suit and he's like got a camera. So, uh, like, I just, I mean, I, everybody knows by now that I love 66 Batman is like, is my favorite Batman. Like, um, second to none would be, you know, I, I love Michael Keaton's Batman. And then I can appreciate, you know, what they did with, with Dark Knight or whatever, but, um... Uh, 66 is your Batman. Yeah, because if you read the old Detective Comics, like, that's how it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Batman had right. a, a computer that told him where the crimes were happening, and he would go and stop the crime. Like, 
it's ridiculous, but it was highly entertaining. And so, and you know, um, minority actors got cast in Batman. Granted, they were in a lot of makeup and a lot of effects, like for the, you know, whatever. But um, you had like a Latino Joker. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, right. Uh, but he was. Well, how the they had a like, they had a black. Uh... Catwoman. Or African American yeah. Catwoman, and like, there's no makeup there. Everybody just thought, like, yeah, that's Catwoman. Wow, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, like, a friend and I were talking about Adam West the other day, and so I was just like, yeah. And then I wanted to find a pic of him, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna post it. And then, uh, bam, you know, um, there you have it, uh, folks. If you want to check out Wonder Boys, there's a link in our podcast notes. You can actually pick up. Wonder Boys from us, the binge watchers. We have an Amazon store, and we're trying to link the movies that we're watching, um, you know, available to you to rent. Sometimes we post free links, but you know what? This one, go ahead and check it out on Amazon Prime. We don't have any other partnerships with any other things like Voodoo yet, but one day, one day soon, Hopefully. and we're coming for you, Tubi. You know, we're gonna wine and dine Tubi. It's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> we actually have people re- reaching out to us via email for sponsorships. But they want to know our listening numbers, and I'm like, hey, we've been on the charts like ten times. Like, you know, get with the program here. Um, but they, you know, I, I don't know. They need to wine and dine us, Dave. You know? Hey, Dave huh? likes the flame and yell and take them out, you know? Take out Dangerous and cut a, cut a deal. You know? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else is going on? Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Oscar we're Oscar everywhere. Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oh, we want to talk Oscar? Well, we should talk, uh, actually, we should talk, um... SAG Awards, because the whole thing is this romantic ideal of, like, there's this outtake of Brad, not an outtake, I mean, somebody caught a behind-the-scenes video of Brad Pitt watching um, Jennifer Aniston win her award, like, he was backstage, but he was watching on the TV, and he was, mm-hmm. like, captivated by her, by her, you know, moment that she was having. And then, like, she reciprocated a little bit, you know, she saw him later when, like, he was getting his. His speech is great, by the way, I don't know if you saw Brad Pitt's no. speech. The SAG Awards were tonight. I haven't seen the whole... Th- I don't... You know what's weird, dude? Like, I don't watch the televised award shows anymore. I literally just look for the clips on social media. Like, that's it. Like, I'm on Twitter watching the, the SAG Awards, you know? Speech by speech. Like, I don't like the transitions. I don't like the presenters. So I, I get why the Oscars are like, no host. But it still breaks my heart, the hosting thing. Like, I actually want to write a letter to the Oscars and be like, Hey, my name's John... I'm an actor you've never heard of. I'm not a member of the Academy, but I will come and host for free because I fucking love movies and I will do the best job you've ever fucking seen because I don't have an ego and I don't hit gay people like the comedians you tried to hire last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty PC as far as I know. Um, but uh, another big winner was Parasite. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet. Oh, like I, I have actually. That movie's yeah. great. Yeah, they went for best cast, but I guess like they're. They made history because I guess no foreign film had gotten like best cast SAG award ever. I guess it's but. um the only one the only one of like um just based off of some of the current movies I'd say that gives a run for its money would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or oh. Irishman. Yeah. Um, no, it's a it's pretty because uh, again the um, well I can't speak too much about Parasite because you kind of have to go into that movie cold. The best you go, yeah. the colder you go, in, the better. But um, you know. Uh, I don't think they're gonna give it to Joaquin at the Oscars. I think I think he's gonna get snubbed actually for Joker. But um, um, 
And I don't know if he got a SAG award or not. I don't know if he was there. Uh, we obviously know he got the Golden Globe. His speech was a little awkward and off kilter. He doesn't seem to have social skills. If you like, if you ever seen him in clips where he's himself, he's like one of those well, yeah, actors I mean, that, that can that can wear a mask but doesn't ever want to, you know, have you see him like who he is. You know, right? Um, but he's great. He's the Joker, man. You watch that movie. You've seen it, right? Yeah. You watch that movie and like you don't think you're watching Walking Phoenix. Like there's a couple things that Joaquin can do, and um, like when he when he was Johnny Cash. For two-thirds of the movie, you thought he was Johnny Cass, but there were some moments where he kind of broke character, and it's like, okay, that's Joaquin Phoenix. I've seen him in these other movies. Space Camp, right. whatever. It's Joaquin. And the Joker, it doesn't seem like Joaquin Phoenix at all. And, like, the scene that... You know what won me over? Was the scene where he was dancing in the, in his, the living room of his apartment and talking to himself about his dance moves. No, okay, I can see that, yeah. That got me, like that. And so then I was kind of riveted by that and into it. Also, they did a really great job of like showing you reality, but then sh- and then also showing you like his character's perception of reality, like how he thinks events unfolded. But then we got to see like that's not how events unfolded. But he was like really caught up in his mental state, you know. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but I don't know if it's Oscar worthy. And oh, they're giving what's his name a hard time about the masturbation joke from The Hangover. There's a lot of news stories circulating right now about like how he tricked the parents. Wait, what? Do you remember the hangover where, um, what's-his-name makes the baby look like he's jerking off? Oh, are we really getting pissed off about that? Oh, I'm not getting pissed off about that. No, 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 I mean, not you, but... They don't want Todd Phillips to win an Oscar because he tricked the parents into into Zach, what's-his-name's, uh, joke. That, yeah. Where he makes the, he he makes the baby do a hand gesture. Yeah, okay. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, Joker was a good movie, but the one and only award it deserves would be Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Todd Phillips, I I wrote a comment somewhere. If Todd Phillips wins, he should by all right give his Oscar to Martin Scorsese because as far as that movie lives and dies. Oh, Taxi Driver? yeah, Yeah, and King of Comedy. I mean, that movie lives and dies by Joaquin Phoenix's performance. So I think Todd Phillips did a good job of directing it, but it isn't his own style. He just emulated somebody else. Yeah. So, so that's why I don't think he deserves an Oscar for it. Um, if I would say either give it to Bong Joon Ho or Quentin Tarantino or maybe even Sam Mendes. I don't know. I just but, saw nineteen seventeen. But you know, you know what, man? Like, I like it enough that I like. I don't want it to be. I know it's Joker. It's it's obviously Joker. It's the DC universe. Right. But, like, he goes to Bruce Wayne's house and, and meets a young Bruce Wayne, right? And I'm right. like, uh, I don't want it to be that movie. I don't want this movie to do anything with Batman, honestly. I wanted the that... movie just to be about the dude in the movie. I, I was just captivated by what the guy is going through. Right. You know, like, Actually, you know I mean? that's a good point. That's the only criticism I'd give the Joker is, like, did we need to see his fucking parents die again? Sorry, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Excuse me. Yeah. Whoops. But, I mean, one of the biggest movies of the year. I'm sure our audience has mostly seen it. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of people think it's the movie of the year. It's it's good, man. I really – I don't want to – I don't want to – because I love that movie. I really do. But, like, I never expected it to get Oscar nominations, at least outside of Joaquin Phoenix. So I'm really kind of surprised. Um, I won't be pissed off if it wins, but I just – I don't expect it to. You know what I hate is, like, these awards movies that try to come in, sneak in right at the end, like – 
basically the 2019 run ended in like November, December, but they had this war movie come out called 1917 about World War One. Ah, uh, but see, that gets off on a technicality because it ran for like a week in yeah, like December. December it started on Christmas Day, right? And ran for like a week, yeah. And and then like, oh, it's on the Oscar ballot. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? We spent the whole year watching these other movies and then squeaking. But they do that every year, though. Like a few years ago, it was Zero Dark Thirty, or it was something else. Like they always have to do that because they can't. The theaters become flooded with Christmas movies. Yeah, maybe. Um, Um, Should we circle back to the movie we we were supposed to talk about? I don't think we've clarified whether or not we actually wanted people to watch the movie, or if we thought the movie was good enough. A Wonder the, Boys? For our audience. Yeah, for our audience to go watch oh, yeah, it watch in our it. Back to the Day run. Alright. So you heard it. Dave said, fucking go watch the thing. I, I, hey, I own a DVD. I watched it on a DVD yesterday. Man, <laughs> you know what? Like, now, because of all this technology, like, it's finally surpassed DVD. Like, I can't even... I actually... This is what I want to do. Like, you know how older movies and stuff, and, and going back to the Batman 66 is like... I want to get all the Batmans from the 60s and watch them. But I was like, but they're going to look like shit on a 4K television that's bigger than, like, a certain size. I was like, holy shit. I need to go find a cathode ray tube television. And- um, Actually, on that one, no, because they've upgraded that one to Blu-ray. Oh, did, so, did they make a so kind of anamorphic stretch watch those, of that thing? I don't know if they, they made it anamorphic, but in but, terms but of, you, like, the picture quality. Do you know the point quality. I'm making? Like, how they used to shoot TV shows in a 4.3 and the 1.1 and all that other bullshit, and, like, like going and watching on, on the f- size of the frame it was intended for? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, going to get an analog television to watch things the way they were made. You know? I was like, oh. Which I, which I would love to do. Like, so, like, Quentin Tarantino has, like, a theater in his house, you know? Yeah, I was like, "Oh fuck! I'll just get real to reels, and I'll get like the, the the world's last working VHS deck." <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, hey, I, I have like, it. <laughs> a lot, there, a lot of people are selling them, like, and then and then what's funny is new movies. Like, people keep cutting movies on VHS, like on purpose. Like, they, they get the artwork made and they put right. they put it out for sale. It's like it's I like know. a thing, you know. It's like a whole cultural thing. Well, dude, did, did I ever tell you I have a Laserdisc player now? <laughs> that's something <laughs> that's you sought out, you know? That's what the kind of nerd I am, Just, but I only go find uh, shit that's not available. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, next week, folks, it's the Gladiator. And actually, Joaquin's in there, too. That's, like, another disturbing role. You know, he plays a guy that's got, like, a, a complex for his sister, and he's really pissed off that Russell Crowe is a... Got bigger muscles than him. And should well, be yeah, because Russell Crowe beat the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, 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 You know what? Honestly, I don't think I've seen this since it first came out on video, so I probably haven't seen it in like 19 years or so. Dang. And yeah, well, I own a copy. <laughs> and we're, we're going to do a thing. We're going to give away, you know, for our true fans to take the time to review us, leave us some stars there on the iTunes, and uh, download and play and tell your friends. Um, we're going to give away the Russell Crowe Gladiator Pops. I'm not sure how many we're going to give away yet, but we're going to do a contest. Nobody got the Christmas blanket, and um, and I'm still sitting on, like, four Lost Boy Pops. So people really need to get their shit together and give us some love over here at Binge Watchers Podcast. We don't even ask people to do a lot. We're not like other podcasts that have, like, four commercials every ten seconds. I don't know if you listen to some of the new ones. Like, they have, like, four or five sponsors on shows now. 
they interrupt <laughs> their show. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, damn. It's like radio, but more annoying. A, a lot of podcasts, anyway. Right. There you go. Um, so my recommendation is get some, like, ice cream. Like, uh, fully loaded cookie dough ice cream. And then watch the Wonder Boys. And, uh, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>